Hallelujah. Well, come on, let's give our babies a great big hand. Come on, let's thank God for them. Hallelujah. Come on, were anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, don't fool me. I said, anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? This is the day that the Lord has made. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. It is so good to be back at the well, to be back at Hope Well Baptist Church. I tell you, I love it here. Uh, Y'all going to have to give me a bedroom in the back or something. Just I feel like I'm at home this morning. It is just such an honor to be here and to be able to celebrate with this church as you celebrate 120 years of ministry. Come on, make some noise for yourselves. Hallelujah. And then, of course, we got to thank God for my friend, my brother, my boy, the one and only Pastor Christopher Swims. Could you help me celebrate and thank God for your pastor, my friend? I appreciate him so much. Your, your pastor has a heart of gold. Even through these last two years, I can always trust to get a text every now and then from my friend, from my boy, just to check on me. He don't never want nothing. Just want to make sure you're doing good, making sure you're all right. You know, we all need those kind of friends that'll just check on you, you know, to make sure you're doing good, to make sure you ain't lost your mind, you ain't did nothing crazy. And I thank God for him and that type of friendship. He came before the pandemic to Faith Movers Church, and I tell you, he just preached us happy. He talked about John chapter 5, the man at the pool of Bethesda, and I tell you, we just had some good church. And uh, not only is he a good brother, a great administrator, but he is an awesome preacher. And uh, we thank God for the angel of this house. One more time, would you help me celebrate your pastor, my friend, Pastor Swims. And then, of course, we thank God for the woman that stands beside him. Can we thank God for First Lady Swims? We celebrate her. We thank God for her. And uh, we celebrate the first family. We do. We celebrate the first family. And uh, we just honor uh, you all, and I'm just happy to be here on today. You know, I, I don't think I ever told you this, Pastor, but Hopewell always has a special place in my heart. You know, my father, who went home to be with the Lord on December the 12th, 2020, he pastored for over 40 years, but the first church that he ever pastored was a church in Butler, Georgia, Taylor County, by the name of Hopewell Baptist Church. And so when your pastor first invited me to Hopewell, it always held a special place in my heart. But I tell you, even more so now, to be here at Hopewell is just so special. In 120 years. Whoa, come on, one more time. Thank God for that. We celebrate that. And we thank God for you. Well, come on, stand to your feet. Um, this is the last time I'm going to ask you to stand. If you get up again, it'll be because you want to, not because I asked you to. But I want us to stand, if you will, for the reading of the word. I thank God I brought some people with me uh, this morning. I thank God to have my wife with me, First Lady Lucretia Herring. Thank God for her. Appreciate her so much. And have my Uma Barry been with me for 15 years. Minister Ronald Larry, thank God for him being in the house today. We appreciate them. And then, of course, to all those watching online, we certainly thank God for you. There is a word this morning I want to share. I really believe God sent me here to release this word to this house. Uh, it is found in 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. I want to begin reading today at verse number 3 of 2 Kings chapter 7. And I'm going to read this out of the New King James Version. 2 Kings chapter 7. And I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. If you don't have a Bible, please be kind enough to share if somebody is standing beside you without one. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3. When you have it, holler back at your boy, I got it. All right, 2 Kings 7, verse 3 says this. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Therefore, come, let us surrender 
to the army of the Syrians, and if they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. We was going to die anyway. Verse 5, and they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said one to another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. Verse 8, and when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, lo and behold, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. And they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. They just had a good time. Verse 9, then they said one to another, we are not doing right. This is a day of good news and we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. Somebody shout hallelujah. I want to put key emphasis uh, this morning on verse number three. It says, now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said one to another, why are we sitting here until we die. This morning I want to talk on this 120th church anniversary from the subject, Momentum for the Next Season. Before you take your seat, just touch three people and tell them God's giving you momentum. God's, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk about that this morning, Momentum for the Next Season. Hope well this morning I solicit your prayers because my assignment today is a very difficult one. I mean, so difficult is my assignment that it has caused me to have mixed feelings about being here. On one hand, I'm, I am excited because I am back at the well preaching for a church and for a people that I love. Literally, I am so amazed at how great this church has stood the test of time for 120 years. And still today, in the year 2022, you are still standing strong. Look at somebody and say, we're still standing strong. Uh, then also, don't get it twisted, I am a fan of the city of Carbondale. Because in the city of Carbondale lies one of my favorite restaurants in the world, Giant City Lodge. Ooh, they got some good old fried chicken over there. I mean, I told your pastor when he invited me to preach, I told him, I said, the only way that I would come to preach at Carbondale is that you have to promise me that after the service is over and I'm through preaching, you got to run me over to Giant City and let me get some fried chicken. He said, I would, so I'm here today. <laughs> But understand, I, 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 I was so humbled, I, I, I was so honored to be here with you, Hopewell, to celebrate 120 years of ministry. But, somebody shout but. At the same time, my preaching assignment today, it ain't no joke. I know it's bad English, but it felt good coming out. Come on. I mean, this preaching assignment that I have, it, it really isn't a joke because what do you preach to a church that's been around and going strong for 120 years? 
Uh, how do you encourage a church that has already been faithful in preaching the gospel, saving souls, doing outreach, and making a difference for 120 years? I must admit my assignment today was so tough that it literally brought me to my knees. And church, as I was praying to God, asking God, what is it that you want me to say to this church that has been faithfully serving the Carbondale community for 120 years? It was then that the Spirit of, Lord, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, Son, prepare them for what I have for them next. And it was at that moment, y'all, that the Spirit of the Lord began to flow through me. And I uh, could hear the Lord saying clearly, Hopewell, please hear me good, that your next season is going to be your best season. All right, about three of y'all believe it. I'm going to try it again. I, I, I really believe God sent me here, Hopewell, as your prophet this morning to let you know that the next season of this ministry, it is going to be its best season. Okay, I see some of y'all didn't shout. Some of y'all didn't shout because I was talking about the church and not talking about you. But hear me good. Don't get it twisted. This word is not only for the church of Hopewell, but it is also a word for anybody that's connected to this ministry and if you are a part of this ministry and if you are connected to this ministry it is my assignment today to let you know be not weary in well doing because what God has for you next is going to be the best thing that you ever experience look at somebody and say I receive that in Jesus name Y'all, I believe that my assignment this morning is to prepare you and even to inject you, if you will, with some spiritual momentum in order to help this church get to the next season, which is going to be your best season. Now, let me be clear. When I uh, talk about spiritual momentum, I'm talking about, hear me good now, the passion drive and excitement that is needed in order to progress towards productivity. Once again, that's what spiritual momentum is. It is the passion, drive, and excitement that is needed in order to progress towards productivity. And church, there is no better text to help us with our spiritual momentum than the text we read this morning in 2 Kings chapter 7. Keep your Bible open because it is here in 2 Kings chapter 7 that I believe this text teaches this church and all of us who are listening this morning on how we can get the spiritual momentum necessary for our next season and look at somebody and say it's going to be your best season and for all my note takers come on let's lean into this word because according to second kings chapter 7 uh, this text suggests to us that the first thing we must do if we're going to have momentum for our next season number one we've got to here it goes believe for better let the church say believe for better. Because watch how this story kicks off. It kicks off in 2 Kings chapter 7 verse 3. Uh, the Bible says in verse 3 that there were four leprous men at the gate of the city. And they were saying one to another, here it goes, why are we sitting here? Until we die. Verse 4, they weighed out their options. They said, if we enter to the city, there's a famine in the city. And if we stay here, we're going to die. So they made the decision, let's get up and go to the enemy's camp. And if they keep us alive, we're going to live and be all right. But if they kill us, we was going to die anyway sitting here. And notice, y'all, that in verse 3 of 2 Kings chapter 7, notice now, we are introduced to four individuals who were in a miserable situation. The text says that they are in a miserable situation for a couple reasons. Number one, they are in this miserable situation because number one, they are lepers. Let the church say they're lepers. 
which means they had a vicious and visible skin disease. Leprosy was a disease that caused the skin to turn white and become raw. It was a very dreadful disease and the Bible says that there were four men who had the same disease. They were in this miserable situation, number one, because they were lepers, but number two, they were in a miserable situation because they were lonesome. You see, due to the Levitical law, if someone had leprosy, they were considered to be unclean. And because they were unclean, they had to live outside of the gates of the city. Uh, they were literally quarantined from the rest of society because of their disease. They lived in isolation, which caused them to live a lonesome life. Uh, the text says that these men, they were in a miserable situation. Why, Pastor Moses? Because they were lepers, because they were lonesome. But catch this, thirdly, because they were in lack. Because the text says that these four individuals live in a place called Samaria. And at the time of our text, Samaria was in a famine where there was literally no food. They were struggling with food insecurity. And so as a consequence, these four men were at a place in their lives that they did not have the real resources in order to survive. Don't miss it. At the time of our text, here we go, four individuals in a miserable place. Why? They're lepers. They're lonesome. They are in lack. Now, what makes matters worse is that it is their misery that has caused them to lose their momentum. For at the time of a text, especially on the, early on, these four men are at a place where they literally have no momentum. Have you ever been in a place? that your life had grown so bad, your life had grown so miserable that it sucked the momentum out of you. The Bible said that they had no momentum, but what I like about these individuals is the fact that although they had dealt, that the, although life had dealt them a bad hand, this is what I like about these individuals, they refused to stay stagnant. Because in verse three, they asked the question, they said, why? Are we sitting here until we die? Yes, we have leprosy. Yes, we are lonesome. Yes, we are in lack. But they said to themselves, why are we sitting here waiting to die? Now notice now, by the mere fact that they're sitting, it suggests two things. That they were not planning on moving and that they were comfortable in their condition. Can I preach to somebody today? Whatever you do, don't sit in it. I don't care how bad your situation is. I don't care how long you've been in that situation. Can I preach to somebody? Don't ever get comfortable in a jacked up place that you just sit in it. Come on, bump somebody and say, don't sit in it. Uh, the Bible says that these four men, they made up in their mind, we're not going to sit in it. They said, we're going to get to a place that we're going to do better. You know why? Because although things were bad, here's your first shot they realized that better was available. Ah, oh God, can you help me preach this morning? Look at somebody and say, better is available. You see, here it goes. These guys did not use their situation as an excuse to stay stagnant. You see, too many times in life, we can't get momentum because we give ourselves excuses to stay stagnant. Uh, I'm too old to change stuff. Like, I don't have enough resources to do what God called me to do. Won't nobody support me? Look at somebody and say, child, please. Come on, you got to stop making excuses for yourself in order for yourself to be stagnant. Child of God, you will never experience better as long as you are giving yourself permission to stay stagnant. And can I preach to somebody? I don't care how bad your situation is. Don't let your situation sink you. Don't let your situation keep you stagnant. And what I admire about these four individuals is the fact that they had mental toughness enough to say in order to get to where we want to be, we've got to believe for better. <laughs> Verse 4 says, here it goes, they weighed out their decisions. 
And when they weighed out their options, they came to the decision, here it goes, that they were going to bet on better. And you know, we live in a time where everybody loved to bet. Come on, some of y'all was betting last week on Lotto, so you can't tie this morning. Come on, you know, we love to bet. They got sports betting now where you can board on every game that you watch on TV. But can I tell somebody, if you want to bet on anything in life, always have the faith to bet on better. You see, you will never experience better until you believe better is possible. And once you have been fully persuaded that better is possible, I'm here to tell you better is gonna start manifesting I mean once you get fully persuaded that God has more for me that there is another level for me I believe I've got some witnesses that can testify if you believe it it will start manifesting if you believe it it will start showing up look at somebody and say it's gonna show up and hear me good, no matter how bad things may get in your life, if you're going to get the momentum to walk into your best season, you got to know that better is possible. Look at somebody, tell them better is possible. And hope well, I come to encourage you that although you've been faithful for 120 years, I've come to tell you after 120 years, here it goes, better is still possible. I wish I had somebody that believed me. Come on. I said after 120 years, better is still place. Anybody here that can testify no matter how much I have accomplished, no matter how much God has done for me, I still am crazy enough to believe that God's got some better. Because you do know with God, it goes from glory to glory, faith to faith. The Bible says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ever ask of thinking I come to wake somebody up who's gotten stagnant in success I've come to wake somebody up who think that they made it who think they have accomplished it God sent me here to tell you there's better there's another level there's still more work to do there's still more lives to change God's got greater vision that he wants to give you in order to help you get to the next level oh shake somebody and say God's got better for you Come on, look behind you and say, I ain't playing with you. God's got better for you. I don't care how good it's been. I don't care how great it's been. God's gotten better. And I come to put a fire in Hopewell Baptist Church that even after 120 years, God's not through with you. God said, I'm just getting started. You got more souls to save. You got more mouths to feed. You got more buildings to build. You got more lives to change. Shake somebody one more time and say, better is available. I feel something. Oh, I feel the God. <laughs> and one of the biggest things the enemy can get you to do is get content where you are. I like these lepers. They say, yes, a life has dealt us a bad hand, but for some crazy reason, they believe that better was available. And I'm here to tell you that if you're going to get the momentum that's needed for you to enter into your next season, which is going to be your best season, number one, you've got to believe for better. Let the church say believe for better. But watch it. Not only must you believe for better, but if you're going to get momentum for your next season, all right, number two, here it goes. You got to make a move. Oh, look at somebody and say, make a move. You see, here it goes. The proof that you are believing for better is seen in your willingness to make a move. I'm going to back that thing up and say it again. I said, the proof that you are believing for better is seen by your willingness to make a move. Look at somebody and say, you got to make a move. Understand, eventually, these four individuals had to trust in what they believe. It's one thing to believe it, <laughs> but it's another thing to trust what you believe so much that you're willing to move on it. And this is why some people never see manifestation because yes, they believe it. 
but they won't take the next step to making a move on what they believe on. Come on, let me tell you something. If you spend 20 years just believing, you will just get stuck in potential. And you will never reach manifestation. But look at somebody and say, I'm tired of potential. I'm ready to see my potential go into manifestation. Oh, look behind you and say, it's time to move some. And here it goes, man. This is what I've learned. This is what I've learned. I've learned in life that oftentimes your better is in your move. You see, anytime you feel stuck in life, it can sometimes be an indication that it's time to make a move. During the times in your life when you feel I'm stagnant, I'm just stuck, it can also be a good indication that it's time for you to bust a move and do something different. There's also, see, understand, oftentimes there's a direct correlation between movement and momentum. Sometimes, here it goes, if you want fresh momentum, you've got to be willing to make a move. See, here it goes. Look at what happened next in the text. Verse 5. And they arose <laughs> at twilight to go to the Syrians' camp. And when they had reached the outskirt of the Syrians' camp, they were surprised no one was there. Watch the text. They believed for better. They bet it on better. Then they made a move. And the text says when they made the move, it paid off. Would you look at somebody and say, if you can just trust God in your next season, it's going to pay off. I don't know who I came to preach to, but God told me to tell somebody, if you just move on what he's been telling you to do, if you just follow what your spirit has been telling you to do, God told me to tell somebody, it's going to pay off. Oh, come on, shake somebody and say, it's going to pay off. If you just obey, I feel happy now. If you just obey God, if you just do what he He's telling you to do. I'm a living witness. It will pay off. You see, I believe that it paid off for these four individuals because they did something that I call a faith move. <laughs> Somebody shot a faith move. You see, a faith move is when you step out on faith and trust God without seeing the future details. I'm going to say it again. A faith move is when you step out on faith and trust God. Here it goes. Without seeing the future details. See, some of us can't move until we see all the details. But when you really walk with God, you understand that God is not in the business of giving you the details. Because if God gave you the details and showed you how everything was going to work out, then you wouldn't need faith. But the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So every now and then God said, I'm going to purposely hide the details and I'm going to make you bust a move without knowing what's going to happen next. You just going to have to trust me. Oh, encourage somebody this morning and say, just trust God. I know you ain't got all the details and I know you don't know how God's going to work it out, but we walk by faith and not by sight. Look at somebody and say, just bust your move. Understand, great change requires you to move without details. In order to make great change, you've got to move without seeing details. It's one of the things that's kind of hard about living by faith. Sometimes I say, God, just give me a little detail. God, just show me a little something and I'll be able to do it. But I've learned the higher the, you go, the less details God will give you because God is maturing you. God is pushing you to trust him when you can't always see what he's doing in your life. And here it goes. And the reason why you got to trust God with the details. Oh, I feel happy now. The reason why you, ah, you got to trust God with the details because he knows what, he, what he's doing even when you don't. I said the reason you got to trust God with the details, because God knows what he's doing even when you don't. 
You see, that's what happened at the time of our text. Can I prove it to you? Because when you really exegete this narrative about the four lepers, you really cannot start in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 4. You really have to go up to the beginning of the chapter in verse 1. Because it is in verse 1 that the prophet Elisha is in the king's palace. And he makes a statement. Elisha said, by this time tomorrow, they're going to be selling food for a piece of silver. Now, at the time of the text, they were in a famine. And the Bible says one of the king's officers tell Elisha, boy, you crazy. Moses Heron Virgin, boy, you crazy. There's no way it could happen. The officer got so arrogant that he told Elisha, God himself couldn't make it happen. And Elisha, who was a prophet, looked at the officer and said, hear me good, sir. You will see it, but you will not partake in it. That's verse 3. The next verse says there were four leprous men sitting outside of the gate. Now here it goes. The moment Elisha said that there would be food tomorrow, immediately God began to bring Elisha's word to pass. But God needed to use somebody in order to accomplish his plan. So God found four men who were leprous, lonesome, and who were in lack and said, if y'all can just believe for better, if y'all can just make a move, I bless you all in order to fulfill my plan. Now, may I give you your first shout? You ought to be tearing up your row because first of all, you ought to shout that God uses jacked up people. Oh, now your neighbor can't shout because they perfect. Your neighbor can't shout because they always had it together. But I need about five rough riders in the house that can testify I ain't always been saved. Matter of fact, some of y'all just came out the club. Look at somebody and say, but I'm here today because I have a God that will use jacked up people. Is there any imperfect people in the house that can testify that I'm not being used by God because I got everything everything together but despite my disease despite my issues despite what I lack God is still using me I need somebody to open up your mouth and for the next 20 seconds give God a praise because we have a God that will use Jack up come on I said open your mouth and give God glory give God glory says I got to bring Elisha's word to pass so alright I see four jacked up men they lepers they lonesome they are in lack but they believe in for better <laughs> but they're willing to make a move and because these four men start walking in the plan of God, even without knowing it, look at what the Bible says that happened, verse 5. And they arose at twilight to go to the enemy's camp, and when they got there, here it goes, to that surprise. No one was that I don't want to tell the church, but I got to tell you this. If you move... <laughs> How many of you know God will move? <laughs> Look at somebody say, if you just move, God will move for you. <laughs> See, some of y'all ain't moved yet because you're waiting on God to move. But God said, it don't work like that. God said, when you bust your move, that's when I go ahead of you and start busting moves. That by the time you get to where you're supposed to be, I'm going to work everything. That's what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says. I love it. That when they got there, nobody was there. Oh, God. I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it. Huh. And notice why they went there. For the Bible says, verse 6, For the Lord had called the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots 
and the noise of horses and the noise of a great army. So they said one to another, the enemy must be attacking us. So they ran and left their camp. And as soon as they were leaving, right about the time they were leaving, the four lepers were showing up. And notice what the text says, that the enemy left because of noise that the Lord calls. I'm going to try it again. The text says that the enemy got to run because the enemy heard noise that the Lord calls. This is why when you come to church, you got to stop worrying about what people on your road think about you praising God. This is why when you come to church, you got to kill that bougie spirit. This is why when you come to church, stop getting mad that folk look at you because you keep getting up, sit down, getting up, sit down. Stop thinking about what other folk think because I'm here to tell you something special happens. When the enemy hears noise that the Lord calls, if you want the enemy to get out of your life, every time you come in the house of the Lord, you ought to open up your mouth and make some noise. And if people ask you why you so loud, just look back at them and tell them the Lord caused it. He caused it with his goodness. He caused it with his favor. He caused it with his miracles. And I'm here to tell you when you make some noise because the Lord caused it. Every demon in your house got to run. Every hater on your job got to run. Everything people think about you got to run. Would you look at somebody and tell somebody my next shout is going to make the enemy run. The devil got so mad he had to break the glass. Oh but let the devil know I'm still going to make some noise. Would you shake somebody and say excuse me neighbor if I get too loud. Excuse me neighbor if I bark you but for the next 30 seconds I'm gonna open up my mouth and make some noise and I'm here to tell you when you begin to make noise demons are gonna start to run when you begin to make noise every enemy in your life that's trying to hold you back is gonna have to get out of your life are you ready to make some noise oh, well well when I count to three I want you to open up your mouth wrap back and give God some praise one two still won't shout I see all right some of y'all still won't shout I see all right maybe this will get you notice that when there was a noise that was caused by the Lord not only did the enemies run but when the enemy ran they left behind them your prosperity which means your next blessing you ain't gonna get unless you open up your mouth and make some noise. Oh, look at somebody and say, I gotta get my stuff back. I gotta get my peace back. I gotta get my job back. I gotta get my boo back. I gotta get my spouse back. I gotta get my love back. I gotta open my mouth and make some noise because I gotta get my money back. I gotta get everything back. Let the redeemer, the
This is why the enemy has been trying hard to put a spirit over the church to keep us quiet. This is why the enemy tries to put things in people's mind like this. It don't take all of that. They too loud. Why they got to make so much noise? Why, why does the music got to be so loud? Now, the music is too loud at church, but now if you go to a Beyonce concert, come on, y'all ain't saying that, but come on. All right, some of you old school, come on. If you go to an old school Temptations concert, come on, the music and the noise can't be loud enough, but I refuse to get loud for the devil and hold my tongue for the Lord. Oh, look at somebody say, I got to make noise because my prosperity, my my stuff is in the noise that I'm willing to make. And the Bible says, the Bible says that, that when the enemy heard noise, that the Lord calls, that they ran and they left. And because, watch it now, four individuals were not only just willing to believe for them, but because they were willing to make a move. Not knowing that the whole time they was in God's plan. By the time they got to where they needed to be, God had already worked everything out. And I'm here to tell somebody in this season of your life, this is not the season to be passive. God says, this is the season to be aggressive. Oh, look at somebody say, be aggressive, be aggressive. Come on. This ain't the season to hear God telling you to do something and you start making excuses on why you can't do it. No, this is a season, Hopewell, that if you think God told you to do something, step out on faith and do it. Because I'm telling you, when you move, God's going to move. And if you just keep on opening up your mouth and give God praise, God's going to work everything out for your So, so, Pastor Swims, God told me to tell you that in this next season, man of God, stay aggressive. Stay aggressive. Here you go. Don't, don't, don't take your foot off the gas. Who am I talking to today? Don't, don't get so comfortable in what you think success is that you stop listening to God. Don't get so comfortable in what you think success is that you stop believing for better. Don't you get so comfortable in what you think success is that you stop making your moves. Stay aggressive. Would you look at somebody and say, stay aggressive? Because if you stay aggressive and go against the odds, God is about to make an example of you of what he can do if you just flow with his will. Y'all tired of me. Let me leave you alone. If you're going to get momentum for your next season, number one, you got to hear go believe for better. Number two, you got to do what? Make a move. Here's the last one. Third and finally, if you don't get momentum for your next season, here's the last one. You've got to pour into people. <laughs> Look at somebody say, you got to pour. You got to pour into people. Because watch how the story ends. Story ends, verse 8, that when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went in one tent. And they ate. They went in another tent and they ate. Now watch it. They got silver. They got gold. They got clothing. And they try to be sneaky at first. They get some and they hide. You know how it is. Can't nobody know what we got. Then they get, go to another tent. It's right there. Food, clothing, silver, and gold. And they go to another and they get more and they hide it. See, I love it because, see, watch it. Oh, God, watch this. Because they made a move together. All right. They got blessed together. See, whether you know it or not, there's an anointing in this house right now that we all can get blessed at the same time on the same day. Come on, look at somebody say, I'm not leaving you out. You're going to get this blessing if you want it or not. I'm going to make you move. If I got to pick your big butt up and make you move, I'm going to make you move, but I'm not going to the next level by myself. Look at somebody say, I'm not going by myself. The Bible says that they all got blessed at the same time. And watch it. As they were enjoying their blessing, they hit, I'm done, a destiny moment. And notice the destiny moment. Verse 9, they said one another, 
no, stop, stop. We, we can't do this. They say, no, watch it. This ain't right. Uh, there's a famine in the city. And although they kicked us out, they didn't do us right, we mature. <laughs> we ain't going to hold it against them. We got too much not to share it. All right, here you go. Not to pour it into somebody else. So they said, let's go back to the king's house and let's tell the king what we just got. Now, don't forget the whole story. Remember, God is only using these lepers in order to keep Elisha's word. And know how the story ends. The lepers go to the king and say, King, there's a bunch of food that we got because the enemy, the Syrians, we went to their camp and by the time we got there, they was gone. We believed for better. We made a move and by the time they got there, we, we, we got there, they were gone and we got all this stuff and here it goes. It's not only enough for us, but it's enough for everybody. Would you shout if I told you that your next blessing will only not only be enough for you, but it's going to be enough for everybody that's connected to you, that everybody that's stuck with you, that everybody that believed in you, look at somebody and say, when I blow up, you blow up because you didn't give up on me, because you gave me a ride when I didn't have a car, because you let me borrow $5 when I was broke and you didn't talk about me. When God Raise me up. I'm going to make sure that you get blessed too. Look at somebody and say, you better watch how you treat me. Because I may be down right now. But when God raises me up, you better make sure you was nice. They, they said, no, it's enough. I'm done. I'm done. Sorry it took so long. Say, it's enough for everybody. And watch what happens. Watch what's happened. I'm done. The Bible says the king told the people, there's food, there's food, there's food in the enemy's camp. And the Bible says when he told it, there was a stampede because the people were so hungry because of the famine that they ran through the gate. And notice who was at the gate trying to stop him. The very officer that told Elisha, there's no way they'll be selling food tomorrow for a piece of silver. And the Bible says what happens? That the stampede literally ran the man over and he died. As the prophet said, he saw it. But he could not partake in it. Would you shake somebody and say, you better start listening to the man of God. <laughs> Come on, this for y'all who think, I don't need no man to tell me what to do. Look at somebody and say, there's a blessing when you honor your man of God. You may not understand what he's saying. You may can't see everything he's saying. But if God speaks to a real man of God, I'm here to tell you, God will make sure that that man of God's words don't fall to the ground. But notice, none of this would have happened if the four lepers was just thinking about themselves. <laughs> I'm done. Bye-bye. Because they wanted to pour into others, they helped fulfill the will of God. Because hear me good, oh well, the will of God is always for us to pour into others. And I'm here to tell you that the more you pour into others, the more God will keep giving you momentum. <laughs> I did all that work and got two amens. Come on. I said the more you decide to pour into others, the more momentum, the more blessings God will begin to give you. The Bible says he gives seed to the sower. And can I tell you this whole well that whatever you do, the next 120 years of this ministry, keep pouring into others. Don't just make it about what God is doing on the inside of the wall. But if God is blessing on the inside, I want you to make sure that that same anointing hits every street in Carbondale. I want you to make sure that you're blessing others, that you're preaching the gospel to others, that you're feeding others, that you're making sure that others have resources. And I believe I've got some witnesses here that can testify that when you take 
God with you take care of others won't God take care of you This loud mouth, loud talking country preacher from Chicago to let y'all know that after 120 years of being faithful, here's your word the best I wish somebody believed is yet to come. Because I don't care how good things have been, God sent me to tell you that your next season. <laughs> It's going to be your best season. Come on, look at somebody and say, my next season is going to be my best season. And I ain't talking about the brick and mortar, but I'm talking about everybody that's connected to this house, everybody that's connected to this ministry. If you can just believe for better, if you can just make some moves, if you can just pour in the people,